Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P. One podcast with Matt and Tommy. I tried to get Tommy to do the introduction, but he refused because he said you have to keep these special things for special occasions. And apparently a Max Verstappen pole position is not a special occasion for you, Tommy. If anything, Max not being on pole is a special occasion because it's been so easy for you this year. Indeed. Yeah, look, got to keep these things special. So can't can't be having it all the time. Okay, thank you. I'll, 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 please, maybe next time we'll see. Um, but before we dive into our reaction to the um, Friday qualifying, so it's another sprint weekend, uh, we've got a five-star review. This one from Daniel Haysom in the United Kingdom. And if you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five-star review and let us know why you love this podcast. Matt and Tommy are a more iconic pairing than Charles Leclerc taking pole and then finishing the race in P4. What? You can tell I didn't choose this one. <laughs> I look forward to listening to these podcasts almost as much as the races themselves. It's often hard to keep abreast of everything that happens in a race. So it's very handy having Matt and Tommy break it all down afterwards. We'll be listening for a long, long time. Keep it up, guys. Thank you so much, Daniel. Apart from the Charles Leclerc uh, nod to the conversion being terrible. But I'll, I'll forgive you, Daniel, because uh, you let us know how much you love the pod. Right. Let's dive into qualifying, shall we? And start with Q1. Sonoda, Ricardo, Bottas, Sargent, and Joe uh, was out in the first part of qualifying. And I just want to say my massive apologies to Alpha Tauri. How do you, <laughs> if you do tuned it? In, if you tuned into the predictions, I said that I, I, I never go for a team. And I said Alpha Tauri would be the biggest flop this weekend. And they're both out in Q1. I thought they'd not be great compared to Mexico, of course. But I didn't think they'd both be knocked out in the first part of qualifying. How do you do it? Uh, seriously. The Real knowledge. That, yeah. The fact that they both went out, and it was by such a slim margin as well, uh, that uh, Sonoda in particular got got knocked out. But yeah, both of them out was probably the only real um, surprise. Alpha went back to being a bit... Uh, sorry, the other Alpha. <laughs> yeah. Alpha Romeo. Uh, back to being a bit washed and then uh, Logie down in, in 19th as well. So, yeah, not not a huge surprise, even though AlphaTauri did do well uh, in the the last race, I guess. Exactly, yes. Um, it was a bit of a, a bit of a shame. Logan Sargent, of course, not making it out in, in, in the Williams, despite Alex Albon, I think, being right up there at the end fourth, of Q1. I think. Yeah, he did a, a 1 minute 10.6 in the first part of qualifying. Logan got knocked out with a 1 minute 11.0, which you might think, oh, well, you know, that's four tenths. That's not too bad, but it's Brazil. It's a 1 minute 10, yeah. 1 minute 11 lap time. That four tenths is actually seven, eight tenths, if you think about it, in at a longer track, you know, 1 minute 30, 1 minute 35 lap time. So um, it's a bit of a, an outlier, isn't it, Brazil, how short of a track it is in terms of lap time, but it creates qualifying sessions of dreams well at least q1 and q2 were q3 was we'll get on to it but a little bit of a disappointment yes uh 
Q1 and Q2 were incredibly exciting and teed up Q3 uh, very nicely in looking like it was going to be the most uh, crazy battle between multiple people uh, for pole. But, uh, well, we'll get into Alas, it later. We'll get into that. But what was a big thing for Q1 was the fact that the top 17 were separated by half a second. Half hmm. a second. 17 drivers and... Uh, to be honest, when you look at that bottom five, you think, well, that's kind of standard. Uh, considering how close it was, you were kind of expecting with the fact that we had different drivers doing used runs at the start of the session, and then you had other drivers going with new, and then you had like Hulkenberg going purple, and you had that kind of crazy sort of situation that we had with Mexico as well, where we had different tyre compounds and different states of tyre compounds being used at different times. But you'd have to say that bottom five wasn't a surprise in the end when you look at it. Not really, no. Um, yeah, we, the surprises came later on, I guess. Wow, let me tee that one up and go to Q2. As it was Hulkenberg, Ocon, Gasly, Magnussen and Albon out. And again, you look at that and you go, well, we've just had a sensational Q2 exciting, constantly changing all the way to the end. And then you had two Hasses, two Alpines and a Williams out. That Again, wasn't that much of a surprise in there. The Alpines, when you looked at them in practice, were the fastest in the speed trap. So they've looked at their car and gone, my God, it's so slow. Let's strip back everything and just go fast in a straight line. And, and that didn't work either. Yeah, now now it comes to it, it's actually quite crazy that on a track where it felt incredibly unpredictable and a really short lap time where the whole field was incredibly close, you've got the top five in the Constructors' Championship just locking out the whole of Q3, which is pretty uh, wild. No heroics from Hülkenberg this time, although it did look like at some points that he might somehow <laughs> uh, spring a surprise and, and get into Q3, and there were some moments where it was like, oh my God, Haas looked absolutely amazing. Um, and then, of course, going on to Alex Albon, who was uh, 15th, should have been higher, but his nemesis of track limits, which we've said so many times this year, is you can't, you can't um, kind of have a go at him because he's been amazing this year and he's done so well, but that has definitely been his kind of... It's just happening too much for, for Alex Albon, definitely track limits. Yeah, and it's all just fine margins as well. Like you can't be too harsh on him, but then at the same time, if it constantly is it's him, always and him. It's taking away <laughs> not only qualifying results, but also in the race as well. You know, we saw in Qatar, wasn't it, that he picked up a, a, a few track limit penalties because he was um, uh, taking a few too many liberties, very much like me, really, in the Formula One game on strict corner cutting, just cannot not go off the track it's very difficult and it is you know, centimeters like the one that he had his lap time deleted that was turn four i think and you know there will be arguments that going wide there doesn't gain you any time anyway because he's sliding he gets on the curb a little bit the car bottoms out we saw it with hamilton he had an amazing drift uh with the slow-mo which looked amazing obviously not quicker and max verstappen had a, a less sort of uh, spicy slide but that was definitely a corner that the the, the drivers were struggling at and I don't think you could say that advantages were gained, but that those are the rules. Those are the rules. Uh, and Albon wasn't uh, going to make it into Q3 anyway with 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 the time. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's weird because I'm looking at this. It felt like it was the greatest qualifying ever um, up until like 
the end, and then you look back on this and Q1, no real surprises, Q2, no real surprises, and then Q3 is a bit of an anticlimax, but let's get into that. <laughs> no, but it's fine because we were in it. No, Q1 and Q2 was bangers, but it was yeah, just it like was really they good, all yeah. delivered to a to a level, didn't they? And some some drivers were on the cusp. You saw like Perez, I think, down like 13th, 14th in Q1. And you think, oh, you know, it was it was that tension all the way to the end where you think something could change. They had it, to keep doing laps, didn't they? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's kind of like similar to say, you know, when a driver's leading that's slower, say Monza and Gasly and Ricardo, whatever, nothing was really happening and yet it was tense all the way to the end. That was kind of like this qualifying in some ways. Um, let's go to Q3 now, shall we? Uh, where the top 10 were Verstappen, Leclerc, Stroll, Alonso, Hamilton, Russell, Norris, Sainz, Perez and Piastri. Let's get into some questions um, because I don't want to talk about the fact Charlotte didn't get pole, but I'm happy with him on the front row of the grid. Uh, at James underscore Hewish. Where did Aston Martin find this pace? They went from Stroll being useless and Alonso scraping through to Q3. Now they have locked out the second row. Well, from what I heard on the sort of run up to this and after practice is that Aston Martin had very much just kind of gone backwards and stopped experimenting on things to try and think about next year and, and whatnot and kind of just went back to basics of like, okay, what, what went, why were we quick at the beginning of the year? Shall we just try that again and see if it works? Because, of course, they have been experimenting previously with Lance being on a new um, sort of setup of the car, Alonso reverting back to an old setup and, 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 and those kind of things, whereas they seem to have stripped it back even further. And I would say third and fourth probably wasn't on the cards, but, you know, they utilized a crazy Q3 in the sense of the rain coming. It was one lap. They both delivered. And I'm sorry to say it, Tommy, but Lance Stroll outqualified your goat. Only I could predict Fernando Alonso's biggest good surprise. Then he makes it P4, which I think everyone would be very surprised about. And he's been outqualified by his teammate. I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, this is, and I'm actually just going to let Frank in because I can hear him at the door. He wants to give his two cents on the Lance Stroll P3. Two seconds. Okay, come in, Frank. And here he comes. The soppy little dog that is Frank with his yawn. I'm sure he will make noise down the microphone. And let's hear your thoughts about Aston Martin as I can hear him murmuring. Right, there's Frank's thoughts. Right. Um, so, yes, Aston Martin. Uh, yeah, funny that they've almost downgraded the car somewhat by taking the bits off that they've uh, tried to improve and not worked. Um, so, yeah, the fact that uh, Alonso was doing very well. Lance did look quick throughout the whole session as well. He was doing very well. Um, but I don't think they'd have been third and fourth if it had been like a normal uh, session, like you say. They were, I guess, fortunate as well that uh, in a way, and we'll get onto this later, that they are further down the pits, so they got to bag that nice first and second when queuing up in the in the pit lane, which is always good for for this kind of um, yeah this kind of session. So yeah, very good from Aston Martin. So that was the big talking point, Tommy. Nicely segued, uh, which was around that Q three session and that the clouds coming in, Ferrari saying that it's going to, you know, it's seven minutes into the session and this, that and the other. And there's all these predictions around the rain definitely coming. And yet McLaren uh, and Sergio Perez, to be fair, I'm not just going to fully go straight in on McLaren, but 
there were a few teams that decided to leave it incredibly late. Now, I'm not saying that there literally ha- there has to be somebody that's at the back of the queue. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And in some ways, you know, Red Bull don't have anything to lose. They've got both championships wrapped up. Fine. They left Perez in the pits for a bit longer. They kept the tyres in temperature, whatever, right? McLaren, they had a car in both Q1 and Q2 that looked unbelievable on rails. Why are you leaving your drivers in the pits? Not only, I know it's benefit of hindsight, but look at last year. We literally had a carbon copy from last year where K-Mag got pole. The rain is coming. They leave both of their drivers in the pits. It not only puts them under pressure of the rain coming and changing the track conditions when they're doing their hot lap, but also it puts them under pressure if someone else goes off and causes a yellow flag. Oscar Piastri was the driver to cause that yellow flag, which screwed Perez's lap. But Lando also had an absolute stinker of a, of, of a lap. I think the last sector in particular was, was really poor. And they had the worst track conditions. Now, it wasn't raining, but Charles Leclerc said after post uh, after the quali session, he was like, it was, it was really strange conditions where it was slippery. It felt like it was raining, but it wasn't. And he was, what, the second driver over the line? Third driver? Oh, no, it was the two Astons. Then it was two Astons, Max. Then Max. I think it was, then then it was Charles after that. Um, but yeah, so he was at the front of the queue and, and managed to get a, a, you know, a decent enough lap in to be on the front row. McLaren played a, a gamble, which... I'm not even saying because of hindsight. We were saying it at the beginning. Like, what? why are they still in the pits? Maybe this is just a kind of... Um, uh, sounds a bit a bit silly to say uh, because, yeah, they'd have looked obviously amazing if it had worked. But part of me thinks, in 2023, just copy what Max Verstappen is doing because he's going to be the one that gets, <laughs> gets it right uh, and Red Bull because... Uh, it worked perfectly for them, uh, and yeah, it just didn't work for McLaren at all. Lando was looking like he genuinely could have got pole. He looked absolutely gutted afterwards. Um, of course, not only uh, not the only time some mistimed rain has cost him a potential P1. Sorry to bring that up. Uh, I'm sorry that, that I predicted also- him pole. Yeah, and I'm, this has you happened, need to stop so doing it's that, my mate. fault. So I'm going to stop predicting Lando. I'm going to just. Go for biggest flop every week for Lando from now on. Uh, all two races left. <laughs> uh, yes, not not only that that sort of reminder of the of the rain and obviously Russia and we won't go into any further than that. But also, there's been quite a few mistakes now from McLaren uh, and Lando where they could have quite easily won a race by now. Had they had they been in the mix, Qatar obviously is a massive one that, that springs to mind because they were definitely in the fight for the win there. But also here, they looked so quick, and yet qualifying unfortunately has has scuppered them again. So, yeah. it, it, I, I, if I was a McLaren fan right now, I, my heart goes my heart goes out to you because I would be gutted after this qualifying session. Absolutely, and you could tell Lando was as well, and they were trying to. <laughs> it's, it's quite funny actually and it, this just cements how drivers really feel about about sprint races because uh the interviewer to lando was like well you know at least we've got another qualifying for the sprint and he was like uh yay oh he was biting his yeah, lips so yeah, he hard. was kind of he, he like, basically what was he saying keep saying biting his lip biting his tongue biting his lip <laughs> is a completely different thing i've said that twice in the last few days now biting his tongue yeah uh but 
that's basically uh, if you ever needed evidence that the Grand Prix is still the one for all the drivers and even getting a sprint yeah. win is not the same. And it, yeah, it, it will and it always will be. Um, yeah, uh, it's just getting. It really is getting. And I have to say, as a Max Verstappen fan, it is mixed feelings because I'm a Formula One fan first. And I think the two drivers that needed to be in the mix for this race, and of course, Brazil can still throw up something crazy. We might get rain in the race. I'm not saying it's over by any stretches into Lagos and you never know. But the drivers we needed at the front with Max, no offense to the others, is Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris because they're the ones with the what race pace. What about Charles Leclerc? Uh, yes, that well-known uh... <laughs> driver with brilliant... Uh, uh, yeah, that's actually so true. When you look at the grid, it's, Lewis it's as Leclerc, well. and then it's the two Astons that are going to not be able to challenge Max at all. And yeah, then so, you've got the two Mercedes. So on paper, Max has basically got a buffer of, of a cars. few cars, and then it's the drivers who you think would actually be able to... Uh, show that he's got a challenge because Mercedes uh, is a is another one. Obviously, we're mentioning McLaren. Why did Mercedes let Max go? That was a strange call. Uh, they were ahead of Max in the queue and they let Max go. Well, yeah, George, well, they let George, George let him through. Lewis didn't because Lewis was, okay. Lewis bolted, didn't he, uh, out of the pits because yeah. we saw Max make a move around the outside of George. I'm trying to remember who crossed the, the line first. Did Hamilton... Cross the line before Max. I need to. I yeah, my memory of need to watch back in the highlights aren't up yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it's yeah, interesting it was pretty, to see. Like it was pretty chaotic didn't... either way. I mean, they weren't they weren't too far away from each other. It's not like the track would have changed miraculously in between however far they were apart. But from what I remember, Hamilton was very much uh, insistent of being ahead of Max um, before that uh, before the start of the lap. But either or, it's not a massive uh, change, I'd say. the same for the first person that went over the line and the last person that went over the line, but that was exactly the same happened last year. And so you had to fight for track position, uh, but they did not. No, it's, it's so weird that uh, I can't believe that we've seen it 
a, a carbon copy of last year. Like, what are the chances that you get into Q3, everyone's queuing at the pits, and it's pretty much first across the line is the best conditions, and everyone else is, um, yeah. Uh, the the drivers at the end had an absolute mare. It's so bizarre that that it wasn't raining, but from the lap times looked like it was. Uh, and just to clarify, I have just just seen it now that it was, yeah. So the the two Astons across the line, then Hamilton, then Verstappen, then then Russell. So um, it's yeah, a poor a lap on. from Hamilton, then. Yeah, really, yeah. You have to exactly. say in, in the when you think that's the kind of conditions and you know where the master so comes out at, and yeah. Hamilton's brilliant at Brazil and and he finished seven tenths slower than than Verstappen. So there must have been an error in there somewhere. It was tricky yeah. conditions, and I think. You can't take anything away from Max. I think he did a stunning job to do a 10-7 in conditions that were slippery. That was only six tenths slower than what he did in Q2. So Yeah, exactly. It's just literally another example of this season throwing everything at Max and him still coming out on top. Question from P1 Patreon member Ruben. Should the teams have learned the lesson last year? Yes. <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. now i know that some of them might have seen on the radar i can see why they made these decisions perhaps they think right well actually we don't think the rain's going to come for another few more um few more minutes we can keep them in the, in the garage the tire temperature can stay in much more in an optimum range than the drivers that are waiting at the end of the pit lane and we can put in a banging lap it didn't work out. It was a roll of the dice. It was the wrong decision to do that. I think that they should have, as you said, Tommy, be copying Max Verstappen, be at the front of the queue if you can, and just fight for track position. But they didn't. And as McLaren fans that are probably listening, we'll probably move on from that. Question from Dobie Walnuts. Are any team good at strategy apart from Red Bull? When Merck were dominating, Red Bull were always making strategy calls to maximise their results that often paid off. Now Red Bull are dominating, other teams seem to consistently fumble the bay, bag, I assume that was meant to say, yeah. when they've got the <laughs> chance for a result. I just Ron Burgundy, uh, Ron Burgundy then. Um, uh, I wouldn't say that Red Bull were completely and utterly bulletproof when it comes to strategy, but they have been the best for a long time time and yeah. also Max Verstappen does not let them make any mistakes if you remember Singapore qualifying uh he was absolutely just lost his mind uh when they made that mistake uh with the fuel I mean Mercedes have been exposed I would say a little bit with with being able to be a bit more fluid with their decisions we spoke about it in Cota didn't we where they made a decision which would have worked had they had the fastest car where they went for the overcut but when they have a slower car, they don't seem to be able to. And again, hindsight, this, that, and the other. But we knew in the in the moment, and we're just plebs. So you know, are they too obsessed with the data? I don't know. But um, what I will say is that apparently we need to be hired. <laughs> yeah, you did. We. It's it's easy to say because in hindsight, but you were watching at the time, going. This is, looks like exactly the same as last year. Those at the end of the pits are uh, going to surely have a, a good advantage here. Um, but I do think, yeah, Red Bull have always been very good at strategy. Uh, and I think this this comment uh, is very true. You know, you had, had races where in the Mercedes dominant era, Red Bull still picked up those wins. Max still picked up those wins uh, through great driving and also brilliant teamwork and and maximizing the results when you know when there's a chance and i think the problem is red bull 
we're we're lording Max Verstappen, of course, and I think credit has to go to Red Bull's team and all the mechanics working on the car that they also don't have a day off. You know, there's been many uh, talks with certain Red Bull mechanics who mention, you know, I uh, how annoyed they are that McLaren would be in their pit stop record and things like that, and they want to they want to get it back and they it, everything like they want to win every single race just like Max does, uh, and that's why they've been so hard to beat because yeah they're making the right decisions with with max at least because <laughs> oh, yeah, I, was, it wasn't. I was gonna say um, i think they uh they hedged their bets a little bit there and they went right we'll leave one perez in the pits and keep his tires warm and maybe maybe it'll work that might or help we'll him. do the yeah. one that we think's gonna work max you go out at the first and try and set a lap yeah quite uh but yeah they with max in in particular yeah they they do seem to get it right uh a lot more than they don't and when you just need you mentioned this in in the in the stream earlier that while we're kind of talking about the most dominant season ever the car isn't nowhere near leaps and bounds ahead of what we've seen in the past with like a mercedes or even when red bull dominating before i uh, look at perez's results or just like the gaps in in qualifying it's not a case of max just turns up and doesn't really need to do a lot and, and wins even though it does look like that's the case um but it is those moments where oh max is not on pole or whatever and you you have to kind of deliver those moments and make the most of it and that's what red bull did when mercedes were dominating hamilton would have a rare off day and who's there picking up the win it's it was max and red bull so yeah that's something they need to to work on definitely Absolutely. Uh, and I think that pretty much wraps up our little qualifying chat. It is exciting to talk about some competitive sessions on a Friday. I flip-flop like no tomorrow when it comes to spring weekends. But I think it's more just Brazil and this hat's just kind of taking over. Or not hat. Is it a wig? I don't know. what. No, sorry. It's dyed hair. It's dyed hair. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, but yeah, big congrats, I'd say, for, for Lance Stroll. He was definitely the star of qualifying um, this, this particular day, uh, as much as Tommy will be like, Oh, Fernando was fourth. Carlos was a bit of a disappointment down in eighth as well. I'm just kind of looking at the other things that are a little bit disappointing. Of course, Oscar making that mistake. But um, it tees us up quite nicely, I think, for at least P2 <laughs> on Sunday. Definitely should tune in uh, to all of our streams that we've got coming. Uh, tomorrow, we're streaming twice for Sprint Shootout and for the Sprint itself. And then on Sunday, we're live on Twitch again for, of course, the race uh, where maybe Charles Leclerc takes the lead and wins. But we will see. Because he starts P2, so maybe he has better luck. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm worried that uh, tomorrow, while it'll be great, so tune in and watch it on, on Twitch, that there I say if, you know, Lando gets P1 in the sprint shootout tomorrow uh, and does really well in the sprint, maybe even wins. It, we're kind of almost a repeat of Qatar where it's like, yeah. why are you doing this in the sprint? <laughs> yeah. The main why qualifying now? session, <laughs> uh, which kind of has summed up the year as Frank uh, is kind of going crazy. Love that. Thank you, Frank, for your submission to the podcast. And we'll see you tomorrow for more content. Lots of love. Bye. Frank, you're on if Lando's going to win anyway. There you go. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.